Thank you for joining XR Om, which is India's first AR VR focus podcast. And today, I'm delighted and honored to have with me Mr. Sonal Ahuja, who's the CEO of VR Academy, a edtech startup focused on design and immersive reality metaverse development for children and youth. He has over 25 years experience in 3D design, planning, creative art, and creating immersive XR technologies with a focus on AI. He's a visiting faculty at Imperial College London, where he's, he did his PhD research, focusing on use of artificial intelligence applications for digital twins and smart mobility. So Sonal, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. So you have done your PhD in AI. You have a work experience in city design, digital twins, smart mobility. What made you transition to virtual reality? Right. So uh, I started my career when I, when we were young, really, there was uh, nothing called virtual reality, to be honest. I'm talking way back in the 90s or 80s, you know, when we were children. Um, and I went to, um, I was very much driven towards both science and art. So I used to paint a lot, oil on canvas. And uh, I was very much interested in physics. In my school, uh, I was not a classical student who would study or ratify, you know, books. Unfortunately, that's what happens, you know, with many of us in India, there was such a large competition. And in those days, there were very few choices and parents were not even aware of what career paths could exist. So it was either you become a doctor or you become an engineer. And I came from a family of both doctors or engineers. And if you can't do that, then you become a lawyer. If you can't become a lawyer, you become a teacher. So these were the only four or five options, uh, career paths, which were very prevalent during the 80s, to be honest. And uh, none of them really appealed me, to be honest, because um, I was very deeply interested in physics, pure physics or astrophysics. And I was reading a lot. Uh, in fact, I'd written papers and submitted to Jefferson's Physical Laboratory at Harvard when I was about 15 years old. Very unusual uh, kind of uh, outlook. I used to study maths like, uh, it was for me like painting pictures. So my brain, I believe was different. Now, of course you can put a class or a category to it as early childhood. And I would never uh, memorize things to the core or heart or up to five. For me, I had a photographic memory. I could remember things very quickly. And for me, if, I, if it was an exam, I wanted to be stress-free and play the night before the exam. The night before the exam is not the time to learn or you know memorize something. That time you should be relaxed. So very unusual uh, setting. And my, my mother and parents always encouraged me to do whatever I would feel happy. There was no family pressure as such. And I was lucky to have that. Um, but then, uh, you know, in India, for example, when you're studying, especially those days, everything depended on your board exams and your, you know, uh, the engineering test at IIT, et cetera, and so on and so forth. And those never appealed to me. So um, while I had applied for admission to American universities, they were unaffordable to study physics in those days. The scholarships were tight. And I found heart in somehow, some, one of my friends, uh, he had just passed out from the School of Planning and Architecture. And, uh, you know, when I saw his portfolio and his work, it really impressed me. I saw that architecture or design could be halfway between science and mathematics. Because, uh, you know, to make a good building is not just you create something beautiful, it's got to stand on ground. So it's got to obey the laws of physics and engineering and science and art both combined together as architecture. So I applied for, uh, you know, in School of Planning and Architecture, and I was lucky to get selected. And I selected city planning because for me, this was a much bigger project. And in those uh, fields, uh, we picked up the field of sustainability, 
and mobility because that was overtly mathematical and logical in my opinion. So I could focus my path on sustainable cities where mobility issues are our core. So your career path then somehow becomes a you know a derivative of what you have learned. I went to the UK to study and I did a master's in um, transport planning and sustainability over there. Um, and after that, I started to work in consultancy. So during those projects uh, which we were doing, some of them were uh, highly uh, linked towards uh, new systems or new transport systems. And, uh, you know, uh, urban systems are quite complex. If you give priority to cars, you basically take away priority from everything else. And if you want to make equitable society, there are more people in a bus than in a car. So you must give buses a priority. And Ken Livingston was a very, very sharp mayor at that point in time um, in London. And he was planning to build a tram in central London, going down from Camden Town to Waterloo and then going into some of the dilapidated parts of the city, Brixton and Peckham. Those are still very low-income economies uh, in the city of London. And his idea was if you put a tram, a high-quality transport system, it will rejuvenate. And there were a lot of planning objections to it. So I was uh, traveling in India uh, and I saw my brother, uh, Rishi, you, you may also know, he was very much into gaming. And when I saw the graphics quality of his work, it was totally amazing. He was making games for various people, uh, you know, and uh, some of the graphics which was being done, he was preparing parts of London, which were going in, you know, projects such as Need for Speed, et cetera, and so on and so forth. I was totally amazed and zapped. And uh, I was there with my professor visiting India, uh, talking about how mathematical modeling and simulation can help in decision-making process. But to me, the graphics looked really uh, amazing. And uh, we thought that if we can combine his graphics with our mathematical models, then it'll be truly amazing because we will make uh, these, these tests which we are creating, digital twins, which we were creating, give them real value to, to from a visual point of view, for a layman's perspective where decision-making can be fast. So one thing leads on to another, and we did a small research project. There were many challenges. First one, it didn't work, but next one, next one was, was amazing. And then um, we onboarded Rishi to create the visualizations, mathematical simulations of this tram project in central London. It was called the Cross River Tram Project. And the results were totally amazing. People loved it. Uh, people who had objections to it, they could understand the scheme better. Um, and uh, Transport for London saw a great value in that tool which was built. And then, uh, you know, Rishi completely transformed this path from not only gaming, but to do these digital twin creations powered by mathematical simulation. And um, a few years ago, uh, this company, the software that we were using, I, I, I joined them. I was a small shareholder in their big system. And this company was acquired by Porsche Group. And then I got my freedom and Rishi asked me as my brother, Sunny, why don't you come and join us? And uh, then again, the idea was uh, what new can we do? What will be the innovation? So we found, we went on a trip to Japan about four years ago, four or five years ago. And we, we started looking at scouting for technology and where the future would be. And then we saw virtual reality and the way it was being used uh, to explain ideas in an immersive way. For me, that was the key. So we had, we had dabbled with HoloLens and it was, um, you know, a great experience, but not affordable. And when we saw VR, it was amazing. And we said, okay, Let's get into this and let's start, uh, you know, our production pipeline as Sonovata Group, uh, focusing exclusively on virtual reality because that's the way we could see the future going. So long story, to cut the long story short, 
a mixture of science and maths. And that's how virtual reality got involved. Lovely. How cool is that, uh, Sunny? Because I, I think your journey has been super awesome. You know, somebody who's been invested in AI and somebody who who, who understands physics, especially you mentioned astrophysics, you know, your background in math, science, and, and, and then, uh, you know, building, you know, solutions, meeting with your brother, understanding uh, uh, graphics and building digital twins and building solutions for the London tram. Uh, and eventually, you know, I mean, getting into, you, you, I'm, I'm sorry, I kind of missed out on your city planning, you know, I mean, the city planning part where the sustainability, mobility, uh, architecture and design. So, so you, you've got your hands everywhere. And I think you understand uh, it, it, you know, uh, having an understanding of, of uh, city design, architecture, digital twins, physics, AI, virtual reality. I, I think this knowledge can can really help you in, in creating something extremely, extremely wonderful. Uh, uh, I, I want to go back to the, the beginning of the conversation. You mentioned about uh, rote learning, you know, and and and, and that's that's the problem with uh, uh, in India's education. We, we'll try and touch the digital twins part also, because I think that's, a, that's very interesting. But I want to first start with the education part. And you mentioned about rote learning. And that is the problem with India's education uh, system. And you, you were lucky that you had a, a you had parents who would not pressure, who have not pressured you. But I think in India, we, we uh, families and parents, they actually pressure their kids. And, and that's the reason that's rote learning. That, and, and that's the reason they choose just a very narrow uh, profession. You know, it's like either you become a doctor or an engineer when the future is becoming extremely broad. Now, if you have to identify a few problems that, you know, associated with India's education system, what would you say are, are those problems? And how do you think virtual reality can play a role in solving those? The problem comes from the fact that there is a big generational gap between the, between the parents and the teachers and the children. This is the root cause of the problem. Where today's children face a huge amount of mental stress that it was never there in our world. Why this stress comes? Because firstly, they are aware and they're connected of possibilities. And when you, you get stressed when things don't happen your way, okay? Or if you don't get something that you desire, you'll become sad. So we also in our, you know, Shastras is written that desire is a root cause of misery. But that doesn't mean that you should not have desires at all. Because if you've got no desire, then you'll do nothing. So the idea is that, that okay, you have desires and, uh, you know, uh, you don't connect it to things. But let the things also not connect to you. So you become in the middle path. And this conscious learning is uh, what the parents and children uh, must do and the educators must do together in the triangle. You see, children spend half of their time at home, okay, but the other half they're also spending in schools as well. So the educators and communicators must be using the right tools, the latest technologies. Some of these technologies are unaffordable or they're extremely expensive. That's the other thing. But there's no reason why, at least as a teacher or educator, I cannot get the right skills and knowledge and experiment, you know, Maybe I learned uh, something this way, but now the technology has changed and it's time to learn new. Um, a lot of good teachers you would see, they are not just teaching eight hours in the school, but eight hours they're preparing for their lessons as well. 
they want to go and dig out to see what is the, even though Shakespeare is the same, he hasn't changed for the last 400 years, but they want to apply Shakespearean, uh, you know, theater to modern day principles. So this is the thing that uh, our education needs to adapt with the changing times. And this is not a question of money because, uh, you know, we can find the money from the right resources. And I believe that God only gives you problems that you can solve. And there's a big saying, at least in the UK, uh, this was, which I learned as well, those who can, they teach. So unfortunately, teaching has gone down the list of profession where uh, if you can't do anything, then you end up teaching. This is the other problem in our society. Uh, we need to value teachers, just like gurus, and it needs to be a noble profession. It doesn't need to be the least paid profession in the world. Unfortunately, school teachers are not very well paid in many parts of the world, and therefore they have to resort to other things to support their income, like being extra classes after school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that doesn't need to happen. And this is where the difference has happened between developed countries and developing countries, where teachers are honored and they get as good salaries as doctors or lawyers, because they are actually building their future. Yes, it is a recession-proof uh, uh, you know, uh, system. Uh, so, And also there is a lesser disconnect between the parents and the teachers and the children, which allow children to experiment while safeguarding them. So what can be done to make things better is firstly motivation on all, three, all the three sides. Uh, parents need to understand what is happening with their children's life by not just giving them the gadgets, but understanding or maybe playing games with them. If I understand what's happening in Fortnite or in Roblox or Minecraft, I know what is right and wrong with it and I can guide it better. I just, it's not just, okay, giving them the iPad and that the problem is solved. No, teachers also need to innovate with the children as well. So as to see what is happening really, you know, behind the scenes as well. So am I, are my tools up to date? Am I ready to do the surgery uh, as a doctor, for example, solving the problem? Do I know the latest technologies? And then the children also need to be exposed. You know, I tell you that no child has got any problem. Only the teacher has a problem or the system has a problem that you're unable to, uh, you know, in, make the child inclusive. So if a child has a stomach pain in the class, that means something is not right within the education, within the way we have, within the way we have taught. Every child should love coming to a class, no matter whatever the class is, and not be unhappy in the class. Then this is the art of teaching, really. So then it should, you know, we need to upskill ourselves. And then the students also need to be exposed. If you expose the child, they will find their own ways. They, some will like, some will not like, and that's the story. I, I believe these are the three things. So they need to work together. Teachers, students, parents, all together, and with an open dialogue. Right. And where, where's the role of virtual reality? How do you think virtual reality will help uh, in this, uh, the future of education? You also mentioned, I mean, you know, uh, most of the schools or colleges are extremely traditional and legacy driven and they hold on to their ways of teaching or conducting classes now you rightfully mentioned you know that there's this various dynamics which is being played out and technology has come in as this huge thing uh, uh, how are schools or colleges reacting to this? How open are they towards the, this new technology such as virtual reality or uh, AI personalized education? 
Okay, so I also think that there is a big lacune or a gap between what people understand and um, what they have experienced re regarding virtual reality or even artificial intelligence and let alone the whole idea of metaverse. These are very, very new terms. Uh, when I did uh, you know, uh, my research, the only reason why we developed some algorithms uh, using now the terminology is artificial intelligence uh, was to solve a complex problem which we cannot solve in, in linear maths, like linear maths meaning simple equations. So then we use, we developed algorithms which would learn or self-learn. So they were uh, mimicking biology. Uh, some of these algorithms, for example, are called genetic algorithms uh, or uh, neural networks, etc. And uh, the idea was to create, to solve a problem. Okay. Now, if you give the child, let's take a problem to solve, uh, then they can apply the technology better. So rather than just doing theoretical knowledge, which will lead to rotifying, the idea is to create a curriculum which is based on problem solving. And fortunately or unfortunately in developing countries, especially in India, we have this term called Jugaad. So right now we resort to Jugaad. Now virtual reality is an important tool. It is something which you can imagine beyond television or YouTube because it gives the immersive learning out of classroom. If I have to, let's take, I'm talking about Newton's third, Newton's laws of physics. Okay. Now, one thing is that I can talk about physics on Blackboard, which is the conventional way. The more modern way would be to show a video uh, with some infographics, with some ideas to show what is exactly happening, maybe something from YouTube or some other resources I can use in teaching. But just imagine if you use virtual reality, when you wear the headset, you're teleported from your classroom away from all the distractions and you are in the other environment in three dimensions, you can interact and you could perhaps even talk to an avatar of Newton who can explain to you from his own words that why did this apple falling was so different from the other apples. Apples have been falling for millions of years. So you see that becomes a personal contact, you know, and your own personal experience. Even if you go there together as a class with avatars in the metaverse, you can experience things in a different way. And this is deeper impact on learning. Why? Because you're using more than one senses. So it becomes a sensory experience, so to speak. And therefore, the uh, uh, object-oriented learning in this case can be achieved. You know, So it's, it's, it's more impactful. Now, uh, of course, the problem and the challenges which we feel, which you face, for example, in universities and all around the world, there has been use and abuse of the world metaverse. While we understand bigger understanding of what the metaverse will exist, technology is still evolving and not everybody is aware of what this really means for education or for even for gaming or for, you know, buying things or and so on and so forth. The experiences which most people have created are in infancy. A lot of research is required. A lot of safeguarding, et cetera, is required so as to bring the ecosystem together, but this will evolve. The hardware and the software will evolve and I'm not so worried about it. What is extremely important is that, that the, uh, the teachers, they get exposure uh, with the technology. Now you can just put your mobile phone, which everybody has got on a Google cardboard box, which doesn't cost a lot of money. And this is what we teach, for example, as well. Uh, and uh, you can go 360 immersive straight away. So the part to virtual reality is not only high-end game development, uh, interactive experiences with multiple senses, would be just audio, audio, video in 360, which is also uh, really a great way. And the teachers and, uh, and uh, the professors and the universities, they need to experiment. Just like you set up a budget on computing, 
you know, doesn't buy all the computers with it. Set up, set up a small budget for buying one or two immersive devices. They don't need to be expensive. A lot of hardware guys will anyway support education institutes by giving them low cost or even zero cost devices. So us as industry, we've got connections uh, to some of these manufacturers and they're very willing to explore uh, the market in the developing world. I also believe that this is a great experiment from a personal point of view. Unfortunately, in March 2020, my child became very ill and uh, he spent almost a month in the hospital and he's undergoing chemotherapy. So I took one day this uh, virtual reality experience that Rishi had created, India's journey to the moon in Chandrayaan, you know. So we hadn't launched it to the public. And I asked uh, my son, why don't you try this on? Now he was all bootstrapped uh, with all the wires going around him in a very confined, tight location um, in the ICU. And I, and I hope that nobody has to go through that experience. But when he saw this, he could forget all his pain. He was disconnected from the hospital. And he could really feel, you know, calm as well. So he asked me, Papa, I want to learn how you make this, not how you play these games only. So that was the invention of VR Academy. And I took that problem to my team, can a nine, 10-year-old child learn how to, uh, you know, make their own stories in virtual reality and not just play them. And today we set up the Academy. So in the Academy, last one year, we've had about 550 children pass through the Academy and the number is going day by day. Um, the idea is very simple. For us, uh, just, just like a doctor needs to be agnostic of the medicines and pharma industry, us as educators need to be agnostic of the content and the hardware uh, industry as well. We should give all tools to our children and immersive learning, uh, I have found, has got a way better, deeper impact. And it's one additional toolkit for the educators, teachers, and the community, not just to play, but to learn as well. That's the key. And play and learn together, maybe. Right, right. Completely with you, uh, Sonal, on this. Yes, I think uh, the education industry needs to be a little forward-looking and understand that there's these uh, technologies are which which are becoming tools and if you leverage them you you can completely upend the way how you know they educate uh, in the schools and colleges and and, and the the way for learning i, I think virtual reality is that tool which provides you like the immersive and experiential learning you know you you can be in a situation like you mentioned you know understand how the apple is falling maybe have a conversation with newton itself maybe you know be in a battlefield and understand actually the history rather than just reading it in your in the book so that's what i think virtual reality does and 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 the way the technology stack is growing today we can uh I mean, simulate the the visual and audio very, very well with the audio, the 360 and ambisonic spatial sound, the, the visual with your, uh, your stereoscopic or monoscopic virtual reality and you're, you're completely immersed. But I, I think going forward, we will also have haptic feedback, which will get integrated and possibly then maybe you'll be able to uh, actually, you know, maybe from the comfort of, of your home, possibly, you know, sit in, in, in a school which will be completely global where students could be sitting from any different part of the world. And you could possibly maybe reach out to the other student who could be sitting in, in America or UK. And, and I think that that's, that's, that's what is happening. And I, uh, schools 
and, and colleges and institutes they need to understand this and start leveraging uh, uh, the, the, these technologies so you create the building blocks of what could be the future of education you briefly mentioned about vr academy and you briefly mentioned about also your son how you know i mean he he got uh, into virtual reality and he almost forgot pain and and vr can be used for you know the, the, these vr healthcare vr therapy pain management and and it's so profound that these technologies allowing you to do that so i think you know there, there is it, it's not just education it's healthcare it's training and there's so many other use cases uh, would you like to elaborate a little bit more on vr academy uh, uh where is it being used what are the courses you offer and what's the price point uh some uh, guys who are very good in good in music some guys who are very good in film production my uh, better half was a special needs teacher and actual teachers involved i got involved uh, with some of other friends who who have written specific books on the use of virtual reality and special needs um, and when we got this ecosystem of teachers of special needs uh, you know experts uh, of of people who knew art and technology then we created a curriculum which was a right blend of different sources uh, what are these sources these sources are clearly creative design okay field or creative fields or art fields because to create a beautiful experience it needs to be artistic in nature number one we got the right experts who know uh, you know how does pedagogy and teaching really works so they were really good tech or it or just teachers itself for me because of my child's uh, special uh, circumstances i wanted the academy to be focused uh, uh, specifically for special needs and uh, research with my friends had shown who had done research that uh, children with uh, autistic spectrum disorder um, you know asperger syndrome for example uh, or those with add or adhd they could also be uh, uh, they could also feel calm uh, in a virtual environment so i wanted my courses to be inclusive with a baseline of special needs and disability so uh, and then we most importantly i want you know from my uh, background in creativity i strongly believe that you cannot create anything if you are stressed so we needed to somehow disconnect the uh, current stresses of children and then bring them into the class so we call them point zero and then you know i wanted to get um, you know experts who have got this knowledge on how can i boost or enhance creativity through some of the uh, you know modern i would say energy processes or you know spiritual processes which exist in all the world i wanted to get, get them involved as well so we call them mindfulness processes in creativity but if your mind is full then you can't create anything and if your mind is empty then also you can't create anything so mind balancing techniques i would say that so the courses started uh, the the foundation of the curriculum started with something uh, and this is also on our website as well started with the base of special needs becomes a foundation so if you have any special needs even if you are gifted and talented you are still special so you are that is inclusive inclusivity is a key the first part of every class begins with how do i remove my stresses of daily life how do i switch this off and how do i turn my creative process in my mind on so there is a 3 minute exercise to say stop pause breathe and observe without that we don't start our classes so that's the core and that really disconnects you from your worries the second important element is that design is not about uh, software at all software is there there to enable you 
So how do I start the design? And the biggest design inspiration for us is our mother nature. So whatever topic we'll pick up, if we pick up the topic of say, you know, the six, um, you know, sustainable house or engineering or a nice car that you need to design or whatever else, why can't we not observe nature and mimic the biology? So half of our classes are nothing to do with computing software at all. They're all to do with playing things, creating stuff in music, you know, experimenting with your hands is the key. Uh, making making your hands dirty is the key. And then uh, comes up experience. So once they have made their 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 their, their product, it could be hand drawn or computer generated. They ex- they create their experience in virtual reality. And um, uh, this is done using various software again, uh, using stuff like Mozilla or Spatial or maybe uh, you know Unity or now right now we start teaching with Unreal uh, Engine as well. So upgrading it all the way. Th- now, what are the, uh, and then at the top, we also looked at how are we going to obtain the IP or copyright of this system. So we then uh, uh, started to make NFTs. The children started to make NFTs of their creation. So then they are minting their NFTs. They learn all about how the crypto is connected to the, uh, you know, Web3 or the virtual world and how it influences. And perhaps uh, some of them have got some great ideas as well on how we can make cryptos and tokens more sustainable so we can get away from these current problems of energy consuming unsustainable, uh, you know, uh, the crypto platform. Uh, we talked about the courses. So what are the pa- what are the paths that we can go inside? Clearly, you can take any path and you can learn virtual reality. You can be a doctor and learn virtual reality, a medical path. Um, but at early childhood level, Firstly, we have divided the courses into two age groups. And this is extremely important because the cognitive ability of younger children is different from others. While we say age is no bar, you can have children who are, let's take, for example, six or seven years old, and they have are gifted and talented and they would perform way above their age. Or you can have slow learners. You know, we find sometimes um, children uh, who are 18 and 19, but then their abilities are slightly that of a younger age group, perhaps, for example. So we don't discriminate on the basis of age. Uh, That is not right for an educator, but we try to look at their ability and put them into the right slot. That is important. And with 18 plus now, we are creating new uh, curriculum, which is mainly meant for university plus students. And we just recently created called a course for Metaverse for decision makers, which is for People who are like you and me and my age, our age group, you know, with gray hair, perhaps, for example, who really want to get into metaverse, they don't have time, maybe just a day, and they want to know what it means for them, for their company, and so on and so forth. So I'm at this forum right now, which is the logistics conference. You'll be surprised that over here, people want to know about what metaverse is and what, what it means for them. And they've come to our academy to, to teach them about the metaverse. So it's for all ages. Uh, our current uh, age profile is all the way from eight-year-old children from Sydney all the way till Washington, D.C. What the children really learn, three paths to creativity are there in our with us. If you think about it, that ultimately uh, the use of uh, immersive technology is to gamify all experiences. So if I am a doctor, I want to gamify my experience, so I'm, I'm using it in the right way. But I'm actually producing a game. Now, what is game? A game is, uh, if you look at any of the games like Spider-Man or like Mario, they all have a story. They all have sound. They all have music. So no game would be possible without a good story it'll be rubbish you know if you just have to go and killing people that's not a game that's like arcade you know so even arcade games like like uh, mario had a story that's why they became so successful or or pac-man has a story as well so uh, the game experience is nothing 
it's an animated film with code attached to it. If I open one door, I see a dragon. I open the other door, I see a princess or a prince. So if you can, if you if you have a story in which the actions, your actions will change the course of that that story, that becomes a game. That is the ultimate aim. But how you reach it? It, it is better if you have the understanding of the film production process then, because then you know how you can animate, you know how you can create your 3D objects, how you can create your props. Now, these are the three ingredients, creative art or digital design, filmmaking and game production. These are the three elements of our VR Academy. And you can learn any of these three. Um, in the first three months, as you do a comprehensive course, you uh, learn the basics. And if you do next three months, that's advanced level, you learn how to create your own film, your own game. And that's your own project. As teachers, we just project manage it for the students. And if you do level up, then you go deep dive into it, which is another three months. And you can start at any three, three points, game, film, or design. And once you're finished, you can go to the next level so as to get a holistic application. VR is central to it. NFT curation is central to it. And that's what creates Academy with the bottom line of said needs. And uh, the courses are as long as you want to be. Uh, some children do it as a summer camp course in two or three days. They finish, get the basics. Others, they go deeper dive. And we have students who are now, uh, we launched our product in August 20, uh, 2021. So it's slightly more than a year. Some people joined even before the launch because they knew what we were doing. So we have had students or children in the academy since one and a half years, and they don't want to stop. They Some of them, they want to, stop their main college because they find it distractive and they want to join VR Academy full-time. Uh, price point, you ask? We start at uh, whatever is affordable for parents. I never created this uh, startup uh, to, I believe, to make money or something because that was not the vision. Um, I'm still being told by my uh, bean counters that this is not the right path to be. So we have never turned anybody away for uh, money that they can't afford. We have offered courses to children's SOS villages, in uh, Bhuj and in Pune uh, for completely free. Uh, we worked with some uh, organizations in Janwar. Uh, Janwar is a small village in Madhya Pradesh, but one of my friends, uh, she made a, made a skate park over there. She's actually the real lady who is behind the skaterboard uh, movie. You know, the real story of hers has been personified. And she put two IMAX uh, and we give, uh, you know, those children free education. So, uh, you know, and even if suppose some devices need to be given, we were putting them over there. Children were learning how to make their Google Cardboard boxes. But for those who can afford, they, they start with 6,000 rupees in India and the price is slightly higher in developed uh, countries around $350 for the full course, which is around, uh, if you pay per month, it's about 69 odd dollars or in India, it starts for four or 5,000 rupees a month. And then it goes up depending upon what you're learning. So we have not created a barrier for price. We want people to learn. I believe in India. I strongly believe that uh, uh, this is the, it's my Karam Bhumi, uh, you know, coming from there and a lot of tech people come from there. If you give the tools, if you give the knowledge, children will do their best. This is what we want to do. We recently signed up with Isha Foundation of Sadhguru as well. So we are trying to take our courses at grassroots level so as to bring the trans digital transformation in the villages uh, itself. And that's the key experiment for us. Um, Lo lovely. And for those who can pay, then they better pay and uh, cross-subsidize the other part. You have the right approach to a, a education. I, I wish you the all uh, all the success. If there's anybody who's listening, whether it's uh, students, whether it's parents, whether it's colleges, institutes, 
would want to get in touch with you where do they get in touch with you and what would be your pitch to them so the pitch is very simple you know create your i am possible <laughs> let the children create their impossible or i am possible that is the mantra you know if you want to create if you want to learn how to create your impossible you know it can be done luckily i'm living in dubai right now i find dubai i call dubai probably as a one of the most developed cities of india you know while of course people can get me wrong and i hope that no politicians tell me like this how is dubai india but believe me this uh, country uh, uae has uh, people have a lot to learn from this country the people it's it's a country of tolerance there all religions and people from all around the world come and work together it's a it's a city where sky is the limit i call it the legoland for designers if you have a design which is crazy enough um, you know nobody will tell you no don't do this you know they will say okay tell me how to do this so us as designers we are learning how to get inspired and the leadership is quite visionary there's a lot of support which is available that's why we are based over here they have specific ministries like ministry of possibilities if you have any possible ideas you go and talk to the ministry and hopefully they will help you out there so that's possible to do things uh, in an easier and a quicker way there's a ministry for artificial intelligence and um, and these are some of the core things the ecosystem is required i believe this if a government if somebody is listening from the government i believe that can we not create this ecosystem us have indian have made great cities and great companies out outside how can we enable that to happen and we want to make that happen within our own country india as well that's the key make this transformation happen allow experimentation to happen let's be bold to take some big decisions there will be always be risk associated with something that you have not done but the bigger risk is not to try it at all because then you know you will if you will not fail believe me you will not succeed is impossible and i am a marathon runner so for those of you who have been into sports anybody into sports you will hit a wall sometime in your run or in your career that is going to happen it's impossible that you will go up without seeing the down if you only go up then it is no no way possible so when you hit the wall know that there's an end and as well so there's a fine line to it so that's the key and now uh, and for those of you who are really interested to join our academy they can get in touch with me through all the social media channels uh, you will probably be sharing the email you can also share my telephone personal mobile number i got no problem you know parents make waking me up in the middle of the night i want that trouble to happen i say i also say the thing that god only gives you problems that you can solve so i believe in the divine energy you could call it anything but there's a divine energy which is connecting all of us and you only get problems that you can solve so if i get bigger problem i feel privileged to solve that you know so connect with me online also you can look at vracademy.com it's academy with an i v r a c a d m i.com uh, we are registered as a startup in ireland uh, we have a branch in india and you want to grow that uh, we have a base in dubai where we are giving face to face classes so schools who want to set up a metaverse lab colleges who want to set up an experience lab governments who want to know what should i do with my what should be my policy on metaverse decision makers who want to dabble into web3 they come to us and we'll give the best of the knowledge not only what we have got as an academy but in the whole industrial ecosystem as well that's what we try to achieve tani really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast wish you and the team the very best for whatever you're doing plus your vr academy uh my my, my last question is you know i'm going to dig something you know you you said something in the beginning of the conversation you mentioned something which is extremely profound you you mentioned uh that you you built digital twins for trams and 
buses should be a priority not cars you know I, and i i think that's the future if you want to build a sustainable city so somebody who's been vested in ai somebody who's been building digital twins has built digital twins for london tram how's this new technology metaverse ai digital twins sustainability uh gonna create a future and if you can will appreciate if you could paint the future future what the world will look like in the next 10 years you know with the convergence of metaverse ai digital twins uh, and virtual reality again i would fast forward it uh, too too much i will not talk about 10 years i will talk about the world in 100 years or 500 years you know can we imagine how we were living 100 years ago Yes, we can because I had a grandfather who was almost hundred years old. So he used to tell me stories, and I've seen the world from his eyes, from his lens. You know, he he experienced the partition of India, and he was under the British Raj, working as a civil servant, and then with the new government as well. He could see things. So there were stories that he could tell, and I used to sleep to the stories. You know, imagining how India and Pakistan were one country, perhaps for example. Okay, good, bad, whatever. We are where we are. Uh, you know the politics should be able to heal i believe you know not create differences you know i strongly believe that us as a human race if we do not kill ourselves with some stupid wars which are happening anywhere in all societies if we can overcome the differences which we all have you know then truly we will become an interplanetary and hopefully an intergalactic species and if we are going to become an interplanetary species if we are going to be on mars but we are going to be on the next exoplanet out there it is impossible for us to travel back but we always want to be connected with our world with our mother nature so this virtual reality technology which is not just audio video but with all the haptic senses the sense of touch the sense of uh, you know uh, the feeling for example all the sense of uh, our skin for example smell and taste they will all become truly immersive and beam me now scotty will not happen in the next 100 years with you disintegrating into millions of atoms and reintegrating somewhere else but it will happen through immersive technology both augmented and virtual reality i believe in the next 5 to 10 years we will have a contact lens with data being pushed in front of our eyes so that we don't have to have this device this is going to go out of its way for sure it's too bulky it's too obsolete we are dependent on it but it's not needed anymore so we'll have an immersive tech In the in the next ten years, in front of us, uh, we will be able to improve our capabilities as humans by getting uh, you know biomedical uh, implants which enhance the capability uh, of humans. Clearly, these implants are available which remove the disability of humans. Just imagine if we can enhance. But the objective is that we have to address some core issues to reach that hundred or two hundred years point. Climate change is the biggest issue, and if we can use this technology. If I can use a technology like what we have done to connect together virtually instead of traveling all the way and burning all the fossil fuels, that is the way. So I believe that uh, if this technology can be used to address climate change issues, make world a safer place, then truly we become interplanetary and we can make star not wars but Star Trek possibility. Nobody wants wars, but a possibility to create. And this technology then becomes truly possible. you know even in our uh, older history it's said that mind is the biggest source this virtual reality technology allows our conscious mind to escape the boundaries of the physical space 
something which was very hard to achieve and only you could do through deep meditation before you know we have the power to give it to everybody right now and i think visionaries such as mr zuckerberg people may not like him or dislike him and this is separate uh, but he has clearly got a, something clear in his vision and therefore there's a push towards that technology and the great possibility exists to make our world a better place sunny thank you once again for taking time and being part of the podcast sharing not just the insight but foresight of how the world is going to look like whatever you said i i feel i think it's going to be true in 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 the next couple of uh, maybe years or 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 decade and and you you pointed out that climate crisis is an existential threat and i think we need to work as a collective and not look at what in india has done you know created uh, this mandate that 2070 is going to be we we're going to go uh, you know net zero ca- uh, ca- carbon emission i don't un- understand that uh, this thing i don't even know whether we've got the privilege to go till 2030 or 2040 by the way we are consuming mindlessly without any conservation and you also mentioned about mark zuckerberg you know i think he's the only guy who's though people try to bring him down and there are a couple of wrongs that he has done but i think when it comes to virtual reality and metaverse i think he's the single human being in the planet who's driven the entire conversation forward when it comes to virtual reality and metaverse and i think i want to end it to the, on this profound note that you said that politics should heal not divide if people don't know history they need to go go back and check that india or hindustan we were as one country all bangladesh pakistan everyone politics divided and i hope that politics can unite as uh, you know not just india and pakistan but the entire world because the opportunity is humongous and metaverse is going to make all the possible wish you the very best for vr academy and uh, to my listeners if you like what you see in here then please press the subscribe button until next time see you guys bye bye thank you thank you so much really appreciate this